this on? Coming up on this week's episode of Last Week. This week, ladies and gentlemen of the YLP universe, it's WrestleMania weekend week. Yes, Mr. YLP himself has finally returned from his spring break sabbatical and joined some quality time, of course, with Miss YLP herself and pretty much, you know, well-earned, all that good stuff. And I have to say, I did miss him a little bit, and he has told me he missed y'all too. Hope you didn't miss him too much, and I hope you guys are enjoying the wares from the rest of the family in his absence, but it's time to get back to work, and what a this is... This is a great time to come back. It's WrestleMania week, ladies and gentlemen. But we do have to get back in the time to see and go back seven days. Well, in this case, about six. Who's caring? Who's counting? Numbers aren't important at the moment. Last we checked on the scoreboard, it is NXT 4, AEW 2. Surprisingly, we remember the score here. It's been a while, so keep it pimping. But yes, we have returned, and of course, we are pitting still AEW and NXT in the Wednesday Night War. For now, why do I say for now? You'll understand why in this week's episode, of course, we have to pick a winner. And from what I have been told, Mr. Wild himself made it clear to himself that there was an easy, clear cup winner. As he put, good shows can easily be beaten by better ones. So the question remains, who takes this week's victory? Which show? Grass with the heartstrings of Mr. Wild himself. Was it all elite wrestling or was the black and gold standard that was NXT? Of course, NXT's go-home show went down last week. AEW's beginning of the road to double or nothing great happened last week. Both solid shows as he's put across the board, but only one can take the victory. Will AEW break the streak of NXT? Or will NXT make it 5-2 to two into commanding lead in the Wednesday Night War? For now, let's stick around and find out. Of course, y'all know how we get down, but it would break it down both shows. The top focal points from both shows. And then get your previews ready, because... This week is a big week for NXT, of course. We are just a few days away from NXT TakeOver. Stand and deliver. Of course, AEW is not coming up short in this week as they are continuing their road to double or nothing. Three. Who gets the victory? Who gets the win? You got to stick around and find out. And of course, y'all know a little bit, a little bit longer than usual in the intro, but hey. Good time to be back, and what a time to be alive. WrestleMania week that begins right now. This is episode seven of last week. This week, let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. And with that being said, let us begin. Greetings, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager here at WrestleLatic Radio and your host of Kings of the Rings podcast. But right now, right here and right now, you are listening to the Stephen A. Smith of WrestleLatic Radio, the unapologetically poignant, vibrant, and ferocious Young Lions Perspective, hosted by my man, Zachary Rosica. Enjoy the show. 
friends. What's going on, guys? Happy Monday. Welcome to episode 7 of last week. This week, the show where we pit AEW and NXT against one another and have them go head-to-head to fight for the heart of one, Mr. YLP himself. And as you're listening to the opening theme song for this week's episode, it sounds like AEW Dynamite finally gets back on the win column and makes it a 4-3 to three series of the Wednesday Night War for now. Hope you guys have been having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great Monday so far. It is Monday, April 5th, 2021. I hope you guys had a fantastic Easter weekend. Hope you enjoyed it with family and friends. All that good stuff in between. Hope you, the Easter Bunny gave you something very nice for all you little kitties out there, all the young cubs, um, and all the young puppies out there as well. Eh, kitties, you got a little something-something, but it's all good. Anywho, y'all know who I am, Zach, your host of the YLP Podcast. And, of course, I have been giving the notes for Mr. YLP himself for this week. And I cannot wait to discuss this last week's episodes, I should say, of AEW Dynamite and NXT. Of course, if you have any observations, comments, questions, or concerns, if you believe AEW was the rightful winner of last week's episodes, you can hit me up. If you thought NXT was the rightful winner on their go-home show from last week, you can hit me up. Leave your boy an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Or you can simply hit me up on my Twitter at YLPerspective over on Instagram at Young underscore Lions underscore Perspective. Or find me over on Facebook at Young Lions Perspective, all one word. Or simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. You can find this podcast, of course, on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Russell Addict Radio, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Now that we got all that good stuff out of the way, let us break down what went down on AEW Dynamite last week. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's theme from Mr. YLP himself was none other than quality over quantity. And both shows came out swinging. Of course, NXT had their go-home show last week for NXT TakeOver Stand and delivered the two-night spectacular that will be going down this coming Wednesday and Thursday. I believe NXT Night 1 will have it on the USA Network and Peacock Night 2 will be exclusively on the Peacock Network. And you know ya boy, unfortunately had to get the Peacock Network. But hey, if you actually get it right now, they got a good deal going on, I believe. Uh, I forget the code, honestly, and that kind of sucks. But... If you did get sent an email and you were a WWE Network subscriber at one point, A, they refunded your $9.99, which I believe 10 bucks is always good to get back on the refund side. But hey, if you got the code, you actually got four months of the Peacock Network for $9.99. So hey, you only spend $2.50 per month for the first four months. Then it goes up to, I believe, $4.99 per month. After that, hey, can't be mad. Shameless plug. I am not sponsored by Peacock, but if you want to sponsor me, Peacock, hey... Trust me, I can do a good voiceover for you any day of the week. Just make sure you send the check in the mail prior to, and we can make business happen, all right? Get it? Um, yes. So, AEW Dynamite. My friends, we are officially now on the road to Double or Nothing 3, and I have to say, this may be the best build so far going into Double or Nothing season. It's crazy to think we're already in the month of April, okay? I'm just as excited as you are for this. I am really amped up, and I cannot wait to see 
what the rest of the build to Double or Nothing 3 brings us, especially after what we saw last week. But let me get into the whole notes that I've been given to exclusively by Mr. YLP himself. He always likes to bring them over personally and then gives me a stern look and then tells me to give him coffee. I'm not even going to get into that or he'll dock my pay. But let's get right into it and let's see what Mr. YLP himself had to say about AEW Dynamite. Now, I've seen on Twitter, we've all seen it. We've all seen it. Blue. Hair. Blue. I get it, people. Why are there so many stables and factions in AEW? We don't need that many in the company. Why are they doing this? Here's why they have a good amount of stables and factions in AEW right now. First point, it helps with storylines on TV and for pay-per-views, but more so on the TV side of things, all right? I think NXT and AEW kind of share the same model in terms of how they build feuds for pay-per-views, but also building for TV-made feuds as well. Think about it. Yes, we have a shit ton of factions and stables in AEW, okay? I get it. There's so many stables. Hell, New Japan wishes they had that amount of stables on there, but it might be a little, you know, convoluted, and it might be a little bit too much for NJPW to bear, which is why they only technically have five now that we have the United Empire as a actual faction within New Japan for Wrestling. And, of course, before we get into anything else, congratulations are in order to one Will Ospreay, the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, having defeated Kota Ibushi at Sakura Genesis yesterday over in Japan. Double gold man himself holding now the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship and still the current reigning and defending Rev Pro Heavyweight Champion. So we got to throw one up one time for the Empire and we'll keep it pimping. But it does help a lot with their TV views, okay? Granted, to some it would be a little bit of overkill and that's perfectly fine. You're not hurting my feelings whatsoever. But I think this also goes into the second point that Mr. Wild himself actually has. It helps with establishing new stars within the company. It really does. Because of the fact that you have so many factions, you're still able to be, you know, have AEW has that, you know, that leeway to actually give us new stars. Think about it now. You have Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, for example. They're now a new tag team within the ranks, and they're going to be starting their whole uh, escapade starting this Monday on AEW Dark Elevation. So that's a little something to keep an eye on. Of course, you have Mike and Matt Seidel. You have Jurassic Express. You have the Hybrid 2. You have uh, Matt Hardy's uh, faction that he has going on with the Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade, which still that kind of worries me a little bit, but that's a whole different story in and of itself. Dark Order, the Nightmare Family, which I'll be talking about in just a moment. And, you know, you have the, you know, Kenny Omega stable with him and the Good Brothers. You have now Death Triangle. You have a lot of these things. But don't believe for one second this is actually watered down. I think this does help a lot for storylines. Again, TV-made feuds help the cause. Case in point with the main event that we had last week with uh, Best Friends taking on uh, Miro and Kip Sabian. That's been the thing that's been going on for quite some time. It does help the cause for a lot of teams. So, going to the Nightmare Family for just one moment. When we had the exhibition match between Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall, what happened with that? Well, QT Marshall, over the past few weeks, and I'll say about a little over a month or so, has been feeling some type of way ever since Lee Johnson got his first victory on AEW Dynamite. Uh, Lee Johnson got a promo thanking the members of the Nightmare Family, but left out QT Marshall, leading him to feel some type of way 
and leading to his eventual heel turn, turning on the Nightmare family. Not only did he attack Arn Anderson with a right hand to the face region, he also did a spike pile driver onto the metal steps of his now former tag team partner, Dustin Rhodes. The Natural Nightmares being no more. Aaron Solo, Anthony Agogo. I forget the third dude, but he looked like a, a, a really, really jacked caveman. So that's so we're gonna call him, call him Jacked Up Caveman for now until I remember his name. But yeah, we now have a new stable with that, and that now creates a rivalry between the Nightmare Family and QT Marshall stable. We now also, and this is the third point that he has written down. You can't wait to see the inner circle versus the pinnacle in a blood and gut smash. You can double or nothing three, can you? Of course, the pinnacle being one of the newer factions created by MJF himself. Him, FTR, Sean Spears, Wardlow, Tully Blanchard. This definitely helps the cause. And also, you got to think too, you still have your single stars, John Moxley and all those guys. No, this does help a lot, especially with the tag team division. It helps a lot with, you know, championship opportunities. Darby Allen, Sting, they're kind of a thing right now. There's a lot going on. So most people would think it's a little bit of overkill. You know, there's so many factions. Think about it. Helps with depth for the tag team division, which I have to say is, is literally the best tag team division right now in all of professional wrestling. It is about as deep as it can get. It is deeper than any motivational quote that you could think of in the history of the game. But they really have set themselves apart in terms of having, you know, all these ta- all these groups coming together. It helps a lot with storylines. Sometimes, you know, certain groups may not be on TV for a little while. It'd be like that sometimes. But you can easily punch a new faction right in to start new feuds. It is a fantastic way to get things done. I love this. I do not mind having the amount of stables and factions that they do have in the company. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. But again, going back to the second point, establishing new stars. You know what I'm saying? You now have QT Marshall leading his own faction. That's going to help out Aaron Solo, Anthony Gogo, and the jacked up caveman himself. You have Jurassic Express still in the fold. You have, you know, SCU, uh, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. You have, you, just have, you have so many avenues in order to book certain feuds. It helps the cause a lot. And especially if, if I'm going to think, if I'm going to think of the way I'm thinking right now, Double or Nothing 3 is going to be one hell of a pay-per-view coming up in the month of May. I am excited for it. We know Memorial Day weekend is going to be an absolute barn burner for a lot of people. So it definitely helps here in so many ways. It really, really does. And I cannot wait to see how they're able to actually work around all of these factions. You're not going to have the Nightmare Family versus QT Marshall's feud. You have Kenny Omega now and the Good Brothers, you know, teaming up with Moxley and the Young Bucks. That's now a thing. You know, had that little feud, which is hopefully going to lead to an AEW World Tag Team title match between the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks at Double or Nothing 3. I'm still expecting it, and I think that's the best time to do it. Is going into the summer, they're going to get hot, as we're especially going leading into All In. All out, all in. Eh, it'd be like that sometimes. But do not get discouraged by the amount of stables and factions that we have in the company. This also does help for Dark Elevation in AEW Dark. Okay? You know, with teams like The Acclaimed, Jurassic Express, they're going to get their run too. They're going to get some shine in there. It does help a lot. And with three shows a week now for AEW, they're going to have to put on... This is why they have their depth, because they have so many, so much talent. They're able to actually put on Dark Elevation, 
Dark, and then AEW Dynamite. It helps the cause across the board. When you have YouTube shows, you can showcase your talent, have built, start building them up. Teams like Bear Country is now coming into the fold. You know, there's a lot of ways where they're going to be able to actually have these factions and stables be placed. You have your lower rung, your mid tier, and then you have your top tier storylines. What better way to do it than to be able to have Dark Elevation and Dark and be able to use all of these stables and factions in some capacity on all three shows? It helps the cause. So do not be discouraged whatsoever by the amount of stables and factions that are within AEW right now. Think of it as a way to, in, in a way, showcase, you know, maybe the lower tier stables that are going on right now. This will help QT Marshall stable, kind of in a sense, with AEW Dark. They'll be showcasing that. Team Taz, you know, kind of having a little bit of dissension right now with Ricky Starks and uh, Brian Cage after what happened with them a couple of weeks ago. Now, mind you, Mr. YLP himself has told me he did not watch the last two weeks of AEW Dynamite or NXT. He wanted to clear his mind, keep it focused, keep it clear, and just want to spend some quality time with Miss YRP herself. It'd be like that, and I perfectly understand that. Was I? No. I actually, personally, he also told me the same thing. You know, do some things outside of, you know, watching professional wrestling. Take care of your, take care of your family. Take care of home. Do some things you don't normally do. So I pretty much did what I did best. I hit the gym, uh, you know, worked out a thing, you know, worked out a little battle plan for myself for the remainder of the year. Get myself, get myself and myself in order. You know what I'm saying? It's a good time to do it. So it was a good way for us to just get our little reset on that. So don't be discouraged by what they have going on. Embrace it and see where AEW actually takes it. You know, embrace the change, embrace the, you know, adapt to it, enjoy it, and let's see where everything goes from here on out. Now, this is where I think, really, I am excited for AEW's women's division as a whole. After being out of action for over a year, Chris Statlander, the, or the alien girl herself, finally makes her return in a huge way during the Arcade Anarchy match main event between Miro and Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. In the same match, Mama Sue, in the white minivan, makes her return to drop off none other than Trent Beretta. This, ladies and gentlemen, I think was a huge highlight for AEW because... As most of you know, I'm a huge fan of Chris Statlander. I've been a fan of hers since she came into AEW, especially in that Fatal 4-Way match, in the Four Corners match they had uh, back at Double or Nothing 1 uh, just a couple of years ago. And ever since then, I've been wanting to see what Chris Statlander can do. And, of course, if you guys follow her on Instagram, she's been doing her journey. She had an ACL tear. And now she is back. She has returned. Returning during the matchup, um... I believe Miro, no, Penelope Ford, I think, was coming over to the claw machine. Out pops up Chris Statlander. Pushes the plexiglass in her face, pops out, crowd went bananas. I loved the pop. I enjoyed the pop the crowd gave for Chris Statlander. The commentary team did immaculate to help her return. It wasn't Sting-like. Because that was probably one of the greatest debuts ever in AEW's history. Let's not get that freaking twisted whatsoever. But to see Chris Statlander back into the fold, very, very nice. All kinds of pucka. I loved it. I was very pleased with the way they actually presented her return. What a better way to do it. And actually now, as Orange Cassidy actually stated post-match, she is now a part of the best 
friend's stable. So you now also have Chris Statlander back into the fold in the women's division and is now part of the best friend's stable. Of course, Trent Beretta being back at the best friend's also makes his return from injury with a chest injury, from what I, if I remember correctly. And he's back into the fold. It makes for great television. Everybody comes back together. They defeat Miro and Kip Sabian in action. It was just a fantastic way to do it. I loved it. I enjoyed it. You know, the match itself was bananas, okay? I love the main event. This is a great way to do it. Fantastic main event. And I think the outcome was very, very proper. Although inevitable, it was done very, very well, presented very well. The match went was uh, absolutely fantastic. A great main event for AEW Dynamite. And that's the one thing I really do enjoy about AEW Dynamite. In the same fashion that NXT does it. NXT, when it comes to, when they're getting towards takeovers, they really ramp it up and really want to present a proper product across the board. So they really, really ramp it up a little bit. AEW does the same thing. Excuse me. They really ramp it up and really present a product, especially when they're getting towards pay-per-views. They really both are able to just ramp it up and give us something, you know, main event-wise that really comes together. They had this feud going on for absolutely, what, a few, like, two, three, four months? This has been going on for quite some time. Of course, Chuck Taylor had to be the butler, um, you know, after their one-on-one matchup with Miro, became the butler, Revolution came around, you know, that ended that. You know, Orange Cassidy and Chucky e. T came back together. All good things. And then we had the, the blow-off, in my honest opinion. And then you had Trent Beretta return. You had Chris Statlander make a return. Two for one on the... Two for one? Nice, nice? Hey, can't go wrong with that. Here's what I also appreciate, if we're going to go side notes, on this particular point. The Bunny is now going to be competing um, a little bit more for the Dark... Uh, not for the Dark Order, for Matt Hardy's side of things. Now that Matt Hardy is now getting some money after his uh, enjoying the, uh, ooh, you know, Hangman Page, <laughs> after he beat him for his uh, first quarter earnings. Now he's getting back into the swing of things. Now he's getting some bread. So, hey, Matt Hardy can't be mad at that at all. He may sustain himself throughout the quarter. And now he's getting a little guapo uh, for his earnings for the quarter. So the bunny's now back into the fold. You have Tay Conti. Now the number one contender for Hikaru Shida's AEW Women's World Championship, and I can't wait to see how that pans out. Um, they had a tag match, of course, with the Bunny and Nyla Rose, and that was actually presented quite well. Um, so now you got a little bit of a feud with the Dark Order, of course, and you have a little thing you know, with Dark Order and Matt Hardy's little faction, and um, it just leads to a lot of good things. It's fantastic across the board. So this really, really does help the women's division. Um, Britt Baker, of course, making an appearance. I think, personally, with Chris Statlander's return, to Dynamite. I think she was one of the missing pieces of Dynamite, personally, especially with the women's division on that side of things. Um, because Hikaru Shida has actually been champion for damn near a year now. And as y'all know, my biggest concern with AEW is their women's division. And now you're presenting, you know, you're going to have a little little bit of a feud with Chris Statlander and Penelope Ford. That's going to be a little thing that might happen at uh, take on that, I was gonna say takeover at Double or Nothing 3. Let that be a thing, or they might just have it within the month of April leading into um, a possible uh, trios, uh, mix, uh, mixed trios match, possibly at Double or Nothing. That could be a thing, and I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. So that that's there's a lot of avenues you can take it with this, and that's always a good thing. Um, 
Trent coming back, always a good thing because now that brings back the best friends into the tag team division. Orange Cassidy now um, being able to, you know, go back into a singles run. That would be a good thing as well. All good things involved for the best friends um, and Miro and Kip Sabian. That does help that a little bit. And I'm guaranteeing Statlander Ford will be a matchup we will see sometime in the month of April, if not in the month of May, as we head towards Double or Nothing. This is really, this portion of the program is definitely really getting into Double or Nothing territory. We're, of course, ramping it up now. They're doing a solid job, and I think that this was a proper time to bring back Statlander. You know, just in time for Double or Nothing, just in time to help out the women's division um, in AEW. It definitely helps the cause across the board, and I can't, really can't wait to see what they're going to do with Statlander going forward after she uh, has her little beef with Penelope Ford. Hopefully getting her, getting her back in the title contention would be a solid idea. Hopefully that knee does hold up, and we are glad here, at least at YLP, in the YLP universe, to see Chris Statlander come back into the fold for AEW because they desperately need, and I kind of consider, consider her a pillar of the division. Uh, my four corners, personally, um, if you want to add a fifth, uh, Jade Cargill, I think, will be a major player going into the remainder of 2021. I would like to see her in the women's title picture if she stops cursing every damn five words, because that's my gig. That's my shit. Okay, but I think Jay Cargill will be a major player. I think Nyla Rose is going to be a major player for the remainder of the year. I think Britt Baker is definitely going to be a major player for the remainder of the year. And do not be surprised if Chris Statlander becomes a pillar of the division for the remainder of the year. They have the players in place. It's just a matter of actually executing the cause because it's going to get to a point where she has to drop the championship. And right now, I think Statlander is going to be a bit on the back burner. I think they're going to, you know, slowly bring her into the fold. And for me personally... I'm gonna make a little bit of a bold prediction, and I would I would be surprised if it would I be surprised if it didn't happen. No, because I don't think that's gonna happen. But I think Cargill will be the one to face Sheeta at Double or Nothing for the AEW Women's World Championship in about a month or so. I think that's where they're leaning. That's just me personally. They've been really showcasing her a lot. Um, her still attacking Red Velvet. I think they kind of need to end that, put that put that dead to, dead to rights, and then we can continue from there. But me personally. Jay Cargill, I think, will get the next shot because they've already, we've already seen Rose versus Sheeta. We've already seen Baker versus Sheeta. Um, Thunder Rosa, we can make a call back to that very, very soon. They have a lot of players in that division. I think adding back Chris Statlander into the fold does help the cause. They got a lot of players. They just really have to start really building more feuds around the women's division, start building contenders for Sheeta as we go into double or nothing, and I think it's going to pay off a lot across the board. Now, as you know, Mr. Wild P himself is always keeping his eye out for talent. He's a big fan of the, of course, the independence and always has an eye for the up and coming talent. But also he always likes to keep an eye on certain major players or people who can be major players within AEW. And he has three names that he wants you guys to keep an eye out going forward. That would be, of course, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky and Christian Cage. Now, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, I think, are a fantastic duo coming together, you know, because of the fact that, you know, they've been looked over. You know, they've been looked over. They've been, you know, underutilized, especially for Scorpio Skies. And they're basically saying, you know, we're not waiting. We're not asking. We'll take anything and everything we want. And that starts, of course, tonight with AEW Dark Elevation. So that's going to be a team I would want to keep an eye on going forward as they as they will be facing Matt and Mike Seidel. So that's going to be a very, very interesting way to 
you know, really be able to see what they're going to be doing with these two going forward. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be World Tag Team Champions anytime soon. They could be going for singles titles. Who knows what that will be, but I would not be surprised if, you know, we start seeing a bit more of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky over the next coming weeks and months and leading to possibly something that could be a come, become a major deal for, you know, the AEW Tag Team Division and singles matches across the board. So don't be surprised if, you know, we start seeing a little bit more of Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, you know, Scorpio Sky being the face of the revolution, grabbing that brass ring. You know, definitely, definitely these two are... And I, and I love me some Ethan Page. I'm a fan of Ethan Page. Minus Karate Man. We don't do Karate Man here. Not a fan of it. But I love me some Ethan Page. And I think he could be a huge major player. I personally would have thought and I would have loved to see him win the uh, Face of the Revolution match. Of course, making his debut. But, you know, it was Scorpio Sky's time. And honestly, I would have really, really liked to see him win the TNT Championship. But uh, Darby Allen's got beef now with Mr. Matt Hardy. So we'll see how that works out. Going forward with the TNT Championship, more than likely they'll face each other at double or nothing, possibly somewhere down the line. We'll see how all of that goes. But Christian Cage is definitely one to look is is the one he wants you to look out for. We know, excuse me, he's a veteran of the game, been around a long time. And I know there's a lot of you out there who are probably thinking, oh, you know, we don't need new old dudes. You know, you know, you're not a big fan of the part timers, and we know this. I know that. You know that. Mr. YLP himself knows that. He gets it. But with Christian Cage. We got to harken back to when him and uh, Mr. Kenny Omega had a little bit of a confrontation a while back. And do not be surprised if Christian Cage becomes the next contender for the AEW World Championship as we get further and further into Double or Nothing season. Um, it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to see it. You got, As we always say here, you always got to follow the bouncing ball. And... It just makes sense. Follow the bouncing ball. Christian Cage more than likely will be the next number one contender for the AEW World Championship. We really haven't seen anyone else be properly prominent besides John Moxley. They still got beef there, but Moxley already had his rematch. It didn't go over very well. At least they saved themselves from the whole bomb situation. That was good, but Moxley right now in terms of championship opportunities, he's kind of exhausted them, and especially now that New Japan Pro Wrestling has unified the Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championships, which in my opinion, honestly, was a very, 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 very terrible idea. But hey, I personally, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to what the belt design looks like. It does harken back to all four phases of the world of the IWGP Heavyweight Title, so I can't be mad at that. And of course, Will Ospreay now the new World Champion. Do not be surprised if Moxley now becomes more prominent in Japan with the United States Heavyweight Championship being more, being more of a mid card title over in New Japan. Given the fact that now the secondary championship is none other than never open weight championship now being held by Hiroshi Tanahashi, which is still a kind of a weird flex, but okay, let's see how he runs with it. You know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, Great Okan is the one to take that belt off of him because trust me when I tell you, the Great Okan is a big fucking deal. Was over in Rev Pro, so you know what's up with that. Christian Cage, Kenny Omega, definitely a matchup I personally would want to see. For the AEW World Champ um, World Championship, I think it's a matchup that can really gain some legs. And if Cage has matches like he did against uh, Frankie Kazarian, man, I can tell you, him and Omega would definitely be having one banger of a matchup. I'm not saying it's match of the year candidate. I'm not saying you know it's uh honorary mention of honorable mention of the year candidate. It could be. We'll see how everything goes with that and see how AEW books it as we go along. 
But Christian Cage is definitely going to be one to watch out for as we go into further into Double or Nothing season. That's the thing. And him and Frankie Kazarian had a hell of a match. A hell of a way to open up, you know, the AEW career of one Christian Cage. They really had a, it was a really, really good back and forth matchup. Um, 20 minutes, I think they went, and it was just fantastic. You know, I was very, very impressed with the way Kazarian came out. Really, really took it to Christian Cage. Christian Cage, of course, giving him everything in handle, looking for the kill switch throughout the entire matchup. In the end, you know, Christian Cage got the uh, frog splash, got a two count out of that. He negates the crossface chicken wing, sending Kazarian shoulder first right into the steel ring post, then planting Kazarian in the, with the kill switch and getting the victory. But it was a very hard fought matchup. It wasn't like those five-minute squash matches that Christian Cage had. There was a little bit of beef that Kazarian and Cage had leading up to this matchup. And like they said on commentary, their last matchup was 13 years ago in a ladder match that I believe uh, Kazarian won, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm wrong, let me know. Younglinesperspective at gmail.com or leave a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Radio or anchor.fm slash Perspective. Let me know. We are a learning podcast. That is how we do things. We learn, we grow, and we go. So these are so these are three men that Mr. YLP is kind of having his eye on as we go into Double or Nothing season. But he's more keen on Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. He's intrigued. He's really, really intrigued. He's curious to see how this duo will actually come about. How, you know, what, you know, what is their main thing? They want to take everything. They go after anything they want. So it's one of those things where you got to kind of keep an eye on that. It's just like, okay, let's see how AEW really works this. Christian Cage, do not be surprised if he's going to be the number one contender for the AEW World Championship by double or nothing come Memorial Day weekend. That's just one thing that he's, he's pretty much banking on right now as am I, it's something that you really want to keep an eye on going forward. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude the winning side for AEW as we go 4-3 to three in the series. NXT is still leading, and when we come back, of course, we're going to be talking about the black and gold standard that is NXT. I'm going to talk about what went down for the go-home show. This past Wednesday night, unfortunately, and it's been quite some time since I've been able to say this, but NXT has to play second fiddle. We'll talk about that on the flip side of episode seven of last week. This week, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Greetings, Earthlings. This is the Resident Rainbow, the K. Murphy of Kings of the Rings podcast. For just $5 a month, we invite you to join our Patreon, where we give you lovely listeners a community to talk wrestling in a place where you are appreciated for being exactly who you are. You can join our group chat, where we share everything from news to memes to a sweet 15% discount on our Teespring shop. You gain access to exclusive content made with love just for you. Speaking of love, your general manager, King Ricky Rosé, and I can tell you a thing or two about love on our exclusive video series, Love and War, returning to your headphones very soon. Come join the party, make friends, and come visit my island on Animal Crossing, only on the Russell Addict Radio Patreon. You'll be glad you did. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 7 of Last Week 
this weekend for the first time in quite some time, NXT is forced to play second fiddle. But before we get into talking about NXT from last week, we'll of course talk to y'all about the articles of war over on WrestlingWar.wordpress.com. Of course, y'all know we have the audio side of WrestleHags Radio, but lest you forget, we also have the written side of the Wrestle Addict Radio family as well. The cure for the common wrestling live. And of course, I'm going to shout out the featured writers for the Articles of War, none other than Penn Fatale, Kitty Frost, Sylvia Knox, and Dirk Justice. They are our featured writers on the arm. I'm going to shout them out for their continued and fantastic work since becoming members of the Articles of War as well. You'll also be getting future Articles of War, articles from the Wrestle Attic Radio family as well as we see it, but it's more so focusing on the four main names that I discussed before. Latest articles, if you want to check that out right now. Kings of the Rings podcast came out with their match of the week and their king of the night from last this past Wednesday, as well as March 24th. They also talk about the tip of the crown. And those are the top 10 tweets of the week, curated by none other than King Ricky Rose himself, the general manager of Wrestle Addict Radio. And if you want to be a part of the Tip of the Crown for WrestleMania 37, bring your best tweet. Myself and the other members of the Wrestle Addict Radio family will be keeping an eye out for the best tweets throughout WrestleMania weekend. And if we like yours, we will be both tweeting your tweet with hashtag tip of the crown that will be put into a pool and then the top 10 will be chosen by King Ricky Rose. So if you think you bring, if you really honestly think you are a tweet master, you have the best tweets, bring the rest, rest jeez, words are hard. Bring the rest gifts, bring everything to the table and you never know, you might just be a part of the top 10 tweets. I'll be bringing my best tweets to the game for the entire weekend for WrestleMania 36 I want to be on that top 10 list because you know how I get down. Mr. Wild himself definitely wants to get on that top 10 list for quite some time since he's been on the top 10 list. I believe his last time on there was a couple of months ago. So he's been chomping at the bit to want to get back into the fold and be at least top five. So like I said, if you were bringing your best tweets and we see what we, like what we see, expect a hashtag tip of the crown boat tweet coming your way and hopefully you get to be on that top 10 list as well. If you're a member of the Patreon family, you get all the articles from writteninwar.wordpress.com sent straight to you since you are a member of the Patreon family. If you want to, of course, as Game Murphy eloquently put it, $5 a month will get you all the access in the world, including all the articles from Articles of War. So again, make sure you bookmark it on your laptop, your mobile phone, whatever you got. Writteninwar.wordpress.com. That's writteninwar.wordpress.com. Give it a look. And remember, the cure for common wrestling alive. Let us get into breaking down NXT, the black and gold standard. And again, like I said, playing second fiddle for the first time in quite some time. 
Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP universe, it has been made official. It has been the rumor of rumors. It has been going on for months on end, and we are wondering if the rumor was true. And starting April 13th, the Black and Gold Standard will be moving to Tuesday nights on the USA Network. It is official. Now, this should not be a shock to anyone. Um, As we have known over close to a year or so, NXT and AEW have been waging war over rating supremacy. And now, we do not have to worry about having to watch AEW Dynamite or NXT on Wednesdays and then having to go back and watch another episode of NXT or AEW Dynamite, depending on which show you actually watch during your work week. You do not have to worry about that at all. NXT is now on Tuesday nights, starting next Tuesday. And I, for one, honestly could not be more excited because now here's the week that we get. And think about this, right? Monday Night Raw, you get... Tuesday nights, NXT. AEW Dynamite on Wednesdays. Impact now made the announcement. They've officially moved their nights to Thursdays, their original night during the week. And Friday night, you get SmackDown. So, if you're a man of, of the work week like myself, you now get wrestling every night of the work week. Not counting AEW Dark on Dark on Tuesdays, AEW Dark Elevation on Mondays, and NWA Power, I believe on Tuesdays. If I'm not mistaken, let me know. Please do let me know with a voice message or an email. This is awesome. I think this really helps the cause. Now, for those of y'all who were hoping for the Wednesday Night Awards to continue, that is officially ending as of March 31st with this announcement. This did, Now, to some, um, I'm not going to name names here, but there were some that believed this wasn't a war at all. I believe, personally, this was just a way for Vince McMahon to try to get one over on AEW and to try to take fans away from the AEW product. That, to me, personally, was a very bad idea. NXT had their own niche on the WWE Network. Now, that's moved over to Peacock. When they moved over to Wednesday nights, back about a year or so ago, my first thought was this was definitely not needed. And it was just Vince McMahon being quite petty and not wanting AEW to invade on his grounds. Um, NXT on its own is personally better than WWE. I stated that many times over the past couple of years, and it's proven me right over and over again. Now, This does not take away anything from NXT. I think this will definitely help the product a lot because that will not only bring AEW fans over to NXT, this will also bring NXT fans over to AEW. And there will be no, no, any type of weird factor or having to watch both shows at the same time. If you got DVR, it works well for you. But now this really gives an opportunity for NXT to stand on its own as as it was and as it should have been. This really helps the cause. For NXT now. And I mean, look at look back at like the certain uh, shows that they had. Super Tuesday was a great success. Um, anytime they had a Tuesday show, it hit big numbers. Numbers don't lie. And when they had their Tuesday shows, they really knocked it out of the park with their shows. 
I was thoroughly impressed. I was very happy with the result of NXT doing well on Tuesdays. I personally thought they should have stayed on the WWE Network because it was kind of a way for fans to stay with the WWE Network. Now that they're moving over to Tuesdays, they have their own night to pretty much blossom. I think this is a very grand, fantastic move made by uh, WWE. Probably one of their better moves that they had in quite some time. And this will serve NXT well. They don't have to compete with AEW anymore. Uh, Starting next Tuesday, they won't have to worry about that. Anything of the sort. So it's a grand way, personally, to be able to have this do its thing and all that stuff. Now, in terms of how this works out for last week, this week, ain't nothing changed but the address, people. Last week, this week will still be its own and will still be its thing, you know. But it gives me an opportunity to watch NXT Standalone from 8 to 10 on Tuesdays. And then you get uh, AEW at 8 to 10 on Wednesdays. You know what I'm saying? This doesn't take away from, you know, later on this year in the fall when we get NFL back into the fold. This will not take away from my Thursday nights. This is a grand thing. It's great. It's fantastic. And I love the move. I am a big fan of this move. This should have been done a long time ago. This should have been done from the beginning. You know, you never had, NXT never, and EW personally never had to compete. And I think it was a good thing. You know, regardless, I've always stated Wednesday was Wednesday night was the best night of the week for professional wrestling because we got NXT and AEW, which we personally are the top two brands in the game right now. WWE, I mean, SmackDown with being a solid third, and then Raw pretty much can go to hell in a handbasket. Nobody loses with this. No one loses whatsoever with this move going on. If you think it's a bad move, well, I would love for you to tell me why. I would love for you to try to, you know, give me that argument. Bring your best to that one. But there's no absolute way that nobody loses in all of this. We win. We as fans, we win. We as podcasters, we win across the board 100 damn percent. It's a great feeling. It's a great feeling to know that I won't have to worry about, you know, am I going to watch AEW or am I going to watch NXT? I don't have to worry about that now. Tuesday nights, I know, NXT. Wednesday nights, AEW Dynamite. And that's pretty much what I'm watching during the week. Now, every once in a while, I'll watch SmackDown. Try to keep up with that as best as I possibly can. I will begin mm-hmm. to back into the fold with that. More than likely after WrestleMania. So keep out for that. I would say, what is it, uh, April 16th. Um, I'll definitely be going back to live tweeting for SmackDown. It's, it's WrestleMania week. Um, so go-home shows for me personally don't really suit my fancy. When it comes to big, when it comes to WrestleMania, old deal, because it's like you know, end of chapters, end of storylines, we're ending things out. So don't expect me to be tweeting on April 9th. So just want to put that out there. Programming note: April uh, for live tweeting, April 9th. I will more likely not be tweeting. I'll be preparing myself in my uh, in my chambers and preparing myself for WrestleMania weekend because it's going to be a very long weekend for all of us. But at the end of the day, this move is a great move for everyone. You know, NXT and AEW, personally, to me, like I said, never had to go head-to-head. It was just Vince McMahon being quite petty, trying to steal ratings numbers from AEW. Now we get to see the opportunity, how NXT stands alone, and if they can hit numbers, can AEW stand alone and hit numbers? I think, at some point, and I'm going to give you a bold prediction right now, I think at some point in 2021, There will be a week where both NXT and AEW hit a million in viewership. 
I can see it happening. You know, for some fans, you know, they were waiting for those Brian Alvarez weekly tweets to see who got the better rating for the week. And as y'all know, ratings do, in terms of ratings, they don't really go towards the final decision that Mr. YLP himself makes. That is a, that is basically based solely on the show themselves. And definitely we will be getting back to polls from the from you, the fans themselves, starting on the week of, you know, when NXT starts on April 13th. So we'll see who has the better week when they start standing alone on their own. I can't wait to see what NXT does starting on the 13th, because you know they're going to be coming out with a bang, especially coming out of NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver. <laughs> Speaking of NXT Standalone, NXT Standalone, NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, English still hard nowadays, apparently. Let me get this one thing out of the way right now, in terms of the show. Solid go-home shows can be beaten without question. Look back to AEW's go-home show, Revolution, as an example, where we discussed how NXT defeated AEW with their show two weeks after TakeOver Vengeance Day. Okay? Good shows can be beaten by great shows. For any people who are fans of Battle Rap, now I am a person, uh, I am a fan of Battle Rap, I'm a fan of the Ultimate Rat League, um, RBE, uh, Ribery Entertainment, King of the Dot. In a battle, it's one-on-one for the most part. There's two-on-two battles, of course. But a good round, because there's the, uh, usually three-round battles, good rounds can be beaten by much better rounds. Same scenario goes for NXT and AEW. A solid go-home show definitely gets you in the door. But if AEW or NXT has a better show, we're going to call it like we see. Personally, this week on this person, this particular week, AEW in my mind had the better show. Quality over quantity is key. And NXT had a fan. Like honestly, there's I, there is hardly a time where I can honestly say a go home show from NXT before a takeover, they didn't deliver. In fact, they over delivered, which is fantastic, which is great. Um, they really tied up almost every loose end. They needed to, with Finn Balor and Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship, uh, promoting um, the unsanctioned match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly that will be going down um, this week. You know, with the NXT Women's Championship, which I will be talking about in just a little bit, with the unification match with Cru- uh, the Cruiserweight Championship between Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin. You know, we have the NXT Chant- Tag Team Championship Triple Threat Match between GYV, MSK, and Legado Del Fantasmo. They really tied up every loose end that they had going into this particular takeover. Okay? They really, really made sure and wanted you to know that on Wednesday and Thursday for the Two Night Spectacular, they're really going to show up and show out for this takeover. And granted, WrestleMania is not going to be the, for the first show, the first pay-per-view for Peacock. NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver will. And I expect nothing less than a, a solid, fantastic TakeOver by NXT. They always deliver. And every time there's been a TakeOver on a Big Four weekend, it always has that feeling of NXT is going to destroy WWE main roster. And they usually do. They usually handle business. They really 
do their due diligence. The build to this particular takeover was absolutely fantastic. I have been so impressed uh, with this time around for the build to NXT TakeOver. They have really done themselves a great deal of justice to ensure fans you need to watch TakeOver. And that the fact that the first night is going to be on the USA Network and Peacock, it really, you know, it really does big things. It really does big things for the pay-per-view. NXT never seems to disappoint for their go-home shows. It was just fantastic to watch. Mm. Liquid IV, y'all. Fantastic drink. You know, they even, you know, continued on with the Roderick Strong situation, especially with him, you know, and the Undisputed Era collapsing. Roderick Strong is pretty much done. Was supposed to be in the main event of NXT with the uh, Gauntlet Eliminator Battle Royal to determine who would be the six men in uh, the Gauntlet Eliminator matchup and, you know, who would be, what would the order would be? We got the... NXT Women's Tag Team Championships uh, going to be put on the line. The challenge made by Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. The challenge Shotzi and Ember. I think that will be that uh, Lucen will be tied up and finished up at TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I'm perfectly happy with that. Zoe Stark had a solid performance against Raquel Gonzalez. That was great. You know, this was a, they really did uh, themselves a big justice. We even got the uh, two-on-one handicap match between Casey Cannizzaro and Caden Carter versus Zia Lee. And um, this, that was a that was a really fun matchup to watch, you know, with um, these two. I think that this one's not even done yet with that. But Zia uh, Lee was able to pick up the victory over those two uh, after Caden Carter and uh, went up to um, Tian Sha and got the smoke blown in her face big time. Purple haze all in my brain. Mm. You know, we even also had, you know, little Frankie, little Frankie puppy running around the PC, you know, for uh, about three segments um, throughout the show. And uh, with uh, him saying, you know, Frankie saying, see you April 13th. And if it's not Carmella, if it wasn't a dead giveaway, Carmella is going to be coming to NXT on April 13th. That's pretty much a done deal there. You had the promo with uh, Tommaso Champa. Leading up to the title match, the title match between uh, him and Volter, which is going to be a highlight of the night. I am excited for that matchup. That match is going to be bananas. And w- when you're looking at the entire matchup, the ten matches they're going to be putting on, they even got Pete Dunne and Kushida prepared. Um, you know, with Pete Dunne saying he's the best technical wrestler in NXT going today, Kushida feels you know he is the best technical wrestler. They're going to have that all out. They really did a great job at getting you prepared and hyped and ready for NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver. I just, you know, myself and Mr. Wild B himself believe that AEW still had the better show this week. But it's not to say, you know, it wasn't a solid go-home show. They did their job. They did exactly what they needed to do to get you prepared for this pay-per-view. And they couldn't do it any better. It was just, it just happened to be AEW Dynamite was just better last week. Then NXT. And to end this week's episode of last week, this week, before we get into breaking down the cards that will be going down for NXT stand and NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, and what's going to be going down to AEW Dynamite this coming week, we need to highlight one match in particular for the two-night 
takeover quickly before we head out. In her 300 days, 300 plus days, I should say, as NXT Women's Champion, Io Shirai's ongoing feud with Raquel Gonzalez may be the most kick-ass build to a women's title match since Shayna Baszler versus Rhea Ripley back in 2019. I have been thoroughly impressed with Shirai across the board since she became Women's Champion back at TakeOver In Your House back in June when she defeated Rhea Ripley and Charlotte to become the new NXT Women's Champion. She had a great title raid, had a solid couple of title defenses, Dakota Kai, Candice LeRae. She's really put herself out there, and they've really done a great service to her as Women's Champion. She is a beast. We know this. Homegirl is one of the best women's wrestlers in the game right now. And I'm saying that across the entire board. Um... Came in with very, very big fanfare upon her arrival in NXT. Rose through the ranks. Really killed it. Still hoping for Asuka Io Shirai one day to be a big deal. I can't wait to see that because that would just be absolutely bonkers. And, you know, my dream, my, uh, you know, my universe mode dreams of having Shirai, Kyrie Singh, and Asuka become a three, uh, a three, uh, three lady tandem that I, I personally called the Black Lotus Triangle, you know, a la Lucha Underground. Would have been something to behold. Even if we got Asuka Io Shirai somewhere down the line, I think personally that would be crazy to see. But her title reign has been a very well-done title reign. I cannot be more impressed with how NXT has really been able to showcase Io Shirai throughout her title reign so far. She faced, she had a battle with Rhea Ripley for the championship. You know, she's really done herself a great service. But this view, let's go back. we got to take it back a little bit to December. NXT TakeOver War Games. Raquel Gonzalez and her team defeating Io Shirai and her squad. Raquel Gonzalez got the pin on Io Shirai. Now, I stated back in December, Raquel Gonzalez needs to be next up for the Women's Championship. Not knowing that she was going to be involved in the Dusty Cup, in the Dusty uh, Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Becoming the first, becoming one half of the first ever Women's Tag Team Champions. And then after she lost the title to Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon, now Io Shirai went up to her personally and challenged her. I have been thoroughly happy with this. And the way they presented it on Wednesday night has just been spectacular. They brawled the entire night. You know, it really be like that sometimes. Sometimes you got sometimes got to do a little confrontation action. You know what I'm saying? And they really did themselves a service. You know, to make sure that this was one of the highlights. Mind you, this is the night one main event. This is the main event for night one. They really wanted to make sure you saw you came into USA Network on Wednesday night and ensured yourself that this was their marquee match for night. Okay, they really did themselves a great service to ensure Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez was one of the one of the last things you saw before going into Takeover. Okay, they did themselves a great job and a great service to ensure that this was one of their true marquee matchups for this Takeover. Okay, I have, could not be happier with how this was presented, and honestly. You know, Raquel Gonzalez has been built up as one of the better heels in NXT. 
I mean, yes, she has Dakota Kai by her side, and that's always a good thing. It's always a win in and of itself. I can, I, I, I'm, I'm pleased with both of them, with uh, Gonzalez and Kai. They have been a great duo together, and they still are. And I'm just over the moon um, over both of them. And y'all know, you lo- I, y'all know, I love you some Raquel Gonzalez. So as always, I am just a man. I'm merely just a man. Trust me, if you see her IG, trust me when I tell you, you'll know. Plus, she, plus she does this more than I do. So, I can't be mad at that. But, they have done a great job in building up Raquel Gonzalez properly. Okay? They've done a great job in making EO look like a proper women's champion. Okay? Stands, stands on top of the mountain with Sasha Banks. Stands on there with Asuka. Okay? And... I couldn't be happier. I could not be any happier with how they did it. Having EO literally continue to go after her throughout the entire night, even when uh, Raquel was conducting an interview with Mackenzie, EO went after her. Homegirl got thrown through drywall. Homegirl got beat down. Dakota Kai got involved. And somehow, some way, this little pipsqueak of, of EO Shirai literally went after her the entire night. They did their job. They took care of business. They TCB the entire way with these two and made you remember this match was the main event for night one. And they they just did they did themselves a great job. This will be one of the highlights of Takeover Stand and Deliver. And I can't wait to see this matchup. I can't wait to see how these two work together. This is gonna be one of those things where you can be more I can be more happier with it. I could not be happier with the result that came out of this. And now it is front and center. Mm-hmm. Night one, NXT stand and NXT takeover stand and deliver. They will deliver. They will absolutely deliver. Okay. Adam Cole Calarelli will deliver. Kenny Cross Finn Balor is going to deliver. Every match will deliver. But I think they did a great job in showcasing this matchup to be one of the marquee matchups of the two night spectacular that is NXT. Take over, stand, and deliver. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what went down last week. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what's going on with both shows this week and get you prepared for AEW Dynamite and NXT TakeOver, stand, and deliver. On the other side of Episode 7 of the YLP Podcast, stay tuned. Right back, y'all. My name is the Monday Night Delight, and my life has been pretty crazy. You see, I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10, and when I was 29, I started a wrestling show with my friend Mitchell called The Gifts Podcast. You may have heard of it. It was great, but Mitchell met a girl that he thought was even greater, so he left the show when they got married, and I still love him. Anyway, I did the show by myself for a while, but that got hard, so I joined up with Rant with Ant and went to WrestleMania, where I met the Kings of the Rings, and that was awesome. Eventually, though, Rant with Ant went away, but Ant left us with WrestleMania Radio. Hooray! But then things got crazy in my life, and I decided to stop doing The Gift Podcast. For four months, I didn't do a show except when Goldberg won the Universal title from The Fiend. I mean, what was that all about? I was so mad and I had no outlet. It drove me crazy and I had to start a new show. The Delight Show. Every Wednesday, we talk about all elite wrestling, TNA, Impact Wrestling, pop culture, and if we really, really have to, the WWE. It's a fun time and I'd love for you to join me every Wednesday on The Delight Show on Wrestle Attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Bye!
Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to prepare ourselves for this week's episode of AEW Dynamite and NXT. And of course, since AEW Dynamite got the victory this week, we will break down what will be going down on Dynamite this coming Wednesday night. So, on the docket that we do have for this week's episode of Dynamite, we got, of course, the Young Bucks and John Moxley taking on Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. I presume that this will be this week's main event of AEW Dynamite and the competition they had this past week was a wonderful one. Of course, earlier on in the night, Don Callis and Nick Jackson had a little bit of a confrontation. And, you know, sometimes when you slap a man across the face, you're going to be asking for it. And uh, that's exactly what will be going down. But it uh, looks like the Young Bucks will be taking that out on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. This that I think is going to be your main event this week. I can't wait to see this match. This is going to be a solid main event. Especially with everything that's going on with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega as of late with Don, Don Callis in the ear of Kenny Omega. And of course, the Good Brothers now standing alongside the AEW World Champion. I expect this to be an insane main event. Let this go at least 30 minutes. Let them have some fun with it. Let the crowd go bananas. And we will see who comes out on top. As well, we have the Bunny going one-on-one -on -one with Ty Conti after uh, the tag match with Conti and Sheena taking on the Bunny and Nyla Rose and the Bunny using the kendo stick in the direction, of course, by Mickey Guerrero, allowing the Bunny to get the victory over Ty Conti, the number one contender for the AEW Women's World Championship. They want to exact some revenge on the Bunny as they go one-on-one, -on -one. and I expect, of course, Matt Hardy's faction and the Dark Order to be at ringside to make sure there's going to be a little bit of nonsense going on in this matchup. Of course, the TNT Championship will be on the line as current reigning and defending champion Darby Allen goes one-on-one -on -one with the blue-collar badass himself, J.D. Drake. And if you have not seen J.D. Drake in action, one, probably haven't watched the WWE Network because he's been involved for quite some time and he has been involved in battles with Anthony Henry and Austin Theory. And man, that was one hell of a feud between those two over the WWN and Evolve Championships. If you have the, if you have the network, go back, watch yourself some Evolve. If JD Drake versus Austin Theory is there, trust me, you'll want to watch it. This was even before Theory got into NXT and Theory was one hell of a heel as Evolve and WWE Champion. Um, JD Drake, I think, personally, is a beast. He can go. Big dude. He can handle his business in the ring and the fact that he's now with Cesar Bononi and Ryan Nemeth in their own little group that they got going on. Expect Nemeth and Bononi to be at ringside for this one. And uh, don't be surprised if the Icon Sting happens to show up to ensure there is no funny business 
as Mr. Allen defends the TNT Championship. Also, remember, if you guys are going to be in the Florida area, get yourself some tickets. The house always wins. Uh, house show, the first house show that AEW is going to be putting on, is going to be going down in Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida, this coming Friday. You will be defending the championship there. Uh, the winner of the, a 12-man battle royal that will be going on earlier in the night. Winner faces Allen for the title. Now, wh- how are we getting Drake versus Allen? Well, very simple. Darby Allen put out an open contract to whoever signed it, he would face for the TNT Championship. JD Drake did a little sneaky, little sneaky doodle action. Came around, signed the contract, and we are where we are. I expect this to actually be a better matchup than people think. Better than the experts think, of course. And I think JD Drake's going to have one hell of a coming out party in this matchup. I still expect Allen to retain, but hey. J.D. Drake has a hell, one hell of an opportunity to show his ass, and I can't wait to see how J.D. Drake fares against Darby Allen. Of course, we also get the return of the Inner Circle. All five original members are back in the fold, and especially after the confrontation they had with the Pinnacle last week, which was absolutely fantastic. And I want to check in on that real quick. Excuse me. We had the Pinnacle, of course, uh, in the locker room, uh, pretty much getting them, uh, you know, all fresh to death with their new personal stylus and uh, pretty much giving them all the options. They were actually some clean looking options. Um, you know, of course, that's the room that they took for the inner circle. They were going to pretty much, you know, interior decorate, get everything sorted, make it their own Pinnacle style. Opens the door and uh, inner circle happened to be involved. And pretty much they all went at it, beating each other down in the inner circle, getting the better of the pinnacle this time around. You know, you got Spears getting uh, pretty much slammed, a door slammed on him by Sammy Guevara. You had Hager being thrown through the massage table. You had both members of FTR taking out with Dax Hart, with uh, I believe Cash Wheeler um, being bloodied up. Tully Blanchard got taken out and uh, Dax Harwood being put through an ice bath, which, trust me, as one person who actually dealt with an ice bath before, not a pleasant experience going from warm to cold. And then uh, MJF himself, the man, got one hell of a swirly from Chris Jericho. And for those of you out there who do not know what a swirly is, it's basically taking someone's head dumping it in the toilet, and flushing said toilet, and um, just, ew. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are a few people out there that unfortunately have that. enjoyed a swirly, not by choice. And then Jericho told him the worst is yet to come, and smashing MJF through the mini fridge glass door, taking a little bit of the bubbly, pouring it on MJF, taking a sip, throwing MJF out and said, this is our dressing room, bitch. And they take off the pinnacle sign and putting theirs back on, reclaiming the dressing room for themselves. This is going to get really interesting uh, over the next couple of months. And this this is just the beginning of what should be the blood and guts match that we did not get uh, last year that was supposed to be in Newark, New Jersey. And I hope and pray we get blood and guts at double or nothing. This is going to be a very nice return for the inner circle coming back together for the first time as a group 
pretty much since the uh, whole Sammy Guevara situation went down. And uh, let me see if there's anything else I am missing. Oh, as well, of course, in promotion of Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, movie coming out to, of course, HBO Max and all that good stuff in between. And what they're promoting as their own battle of kaiju, Jurassic Express is going to go up against the new one of the newer teams in AEW Bear Country. Of course, the uh, little uh, the story behind this is pretty much Bear Country's been throwing around Marco Stunt like a little rag doll, um, and well, they're not too pleased with how Bear Country has been treating Marco Stunt um, with. Uh, Jungle Boy, starting off the little promo they had, hey, Bear Country, you big stupid animals, and Luchasaurus not feeling, uh, enjoying that little thing. Boulder and Bronson are stupid mammals. Right. Sorry. This is the second time you have thrown Marco Stunt around, and I have a better idea. Why don't you pick on some guys your own size? And in honor of the Godzilla movie versus Kong? Yes, Godzilla versus Kong. Let's battle to see who's really on top of the food chain. Luchasaurus looks over and sees Marco Stunt having a Kong tattoo. Dude, we're supposed to be Team Dinosaurs. Stunt's like, I got it, so I remember, you know, I remember to beat that ass. Come on. Little funny sec, little funny promo segment there before the main event uh, from last week. That's what's going to be going down with AEW Dynamite. I expect this to be a solid show. Um, you know, good little storyline there. Luchasaurus and Bear, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus Bear Country should be a solid tag match. Of course, the return of the Inner Circle is going to be a really big deal. That's going to get a little a, a solid pop across the board. I like the fact that we have Ty Conti, the number one contender, taking on the Bunny. I expected to get her win back uh, to maintain her number one contendership status as the as the, the inevitable Ty Conti versus Hikaru Shida match will be inevitable. Um, the Young Bucks and Moxley taking on. The Biz Clips is going to be a solid main event for this week. Um, I really expect the show to be really good. A really good show as we continue the road to Double or Nothing 3. This will definitely do a lot of things, and uh, I'm sure they'll have a lot more going on with AEW Dynamite this week. But that's what has been advertised and what they have in the docket for AEW Dynamite. But, but, Mr. YLP himself has also said that this might be one of those weeks that it could end up in a major landslide victory. And he's not saying that because it's not a prediction. It could be somewhat of a spoiler, to quote the great Paul Heyman. As y'all know, it is WrestleMania week around the YLP universe. In the YLP realm, we do have a long, a week-long celebration enjoying WrestleMania things. A lot of WrestleMania stuff going to be going down in the YLP realm, of course. Apparently, Mr. YLP himself, he has spared no expense and making sure that all the WrestleManias can be watched across the board. Um, he will be watching w, uh, WWE WrestleMania X7 on repeat to get him hyped up for this because he's, of course, as many would think, is the, one of the best WrestleManias of all time. And, of course, Rock vs. Austin, you can never go wrong with that. He said, in my, and he said this, and quote, in my opinion, greatest video package for a title match ever. Doesn't matter what it is. Ever. And I... Tend to not disagree with Rock vs. Austin anything, as they are both two of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But, NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver Night 1 is going to be one of the fo- is going to be the main focus uh, with this. Now, of course, it is a two-night event, but in all fairness, 
we are going to be pitting night one of Stand and Deliver versus AEW Dynamite. Now, we I know, I know, Finn Balor versus Killer Cross, we cannot be denied, Adam Cole versus Skylar Rowley, but in the spirit of tradition, and this, of course, being the final true Wednesday Night War battle, it would only be right if we pitted night one versus AEW Dynamite. In fairness, we couldn't put both nights together because that would be kind of me. And we are, you know, we're trying to keep it as fair as humanly possible. And, of course, as y'all know, next week we'll begin uh, the Tuesday versus the Wednesday. It'll still be NXT versus AEW, but, of course, we want to be fair. Like I said, night one of Stand and Deliver is going to go up against AEW Dynamite. We'll see how both night, both uh, shows go, and we will compare and contrast from there. So, on the docket for night one, of course, Pete Dunne versus Kushida to see who truly is the better technical wrestler in NXT right now. I'm excited for this match. This could be a dark horse match of the night for years, truly. I'm re- I'm really hyped for this. I love both guys. I think both of these guys will definitely have a good matchup. Um, of course, the uh, joint manipulation by Pete Dunne and the hoverboard lock with Kushida, that is going to be on full display. That is going to be a matchup that I think should open the show, give them about 15 minutes, and let them rock the fuck out. As well, we're going to have the Gauntlet Eliminator match. The winner is going to battle Johnny Gargano on night two for the WWE NXT North American Championship. Now, let me see if I can remember this correctly. We have Leon Ruff. We have Isaiah Swerve Scott. We have Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes, and L.A. Knight, the man who won the Gauntlet Eliminator Battle Royal in the main event of last week's episode of NXT. And... Um, a lot of people were surprised. LA Knight won the Gauntlet Eliminator matchup. Then again, honestly, don't expect Knight to actually possibly win this matchup. I have a feeling Dexter Loomis is going to be the one to take the victory in this Gauntlet Eliminator match um, with Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott. That's they got a little something going on right there. Bronson Reed and LA Knight got a little something going on too. And uh, Cameron Grimes just happens to be there uh, with all his money, with that Dogecoin uh, guapo. And honestly, I tried to hit him up on Twitter, and he didn't respond with anything. So unfortunately, no uh, Dogecoin tips for yours truly, and it kind of sucks to be me at this very moment. But nonetheless, I expect Dexter Loomis to win this Gauntlet Eliminator matchup and face Johnny Gargano. It only seems right. LA Knight is still early on in his career in NXT, so he may have the sixth spot. But I do not think that um, Knight takes the victory here. I think it's going to get to a point where it could be Bronson Reed versus LA Knight in the final portion of this matchup. Who knows? This may start off the night, um, to, if we're being perfectly honest, just because it's the longest match that they have with the most competitors. Get that out of the way early, and then maybe get to Dunn Kushida. Who knows? We'll see how all that pans out. I expect, personally, Dexter Loomis to get the victory and become the number one contender for Johnny Gargano's North American Championship based off the storyline that they've been going on with for the past couple of months. Also, three title matches on the docket. And dare I say, they are three solid title matches across the board. We start off, of course, with a triple threat match for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championship, MSK. 2021 Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winners, the Grizzle Young Veterans finalists of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, Legato Del Fantasma, 
has been involved in this as well. These are three solid teams, and I'm, again, thankful that the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic brought us the resurrection of the NXT Tag Team Division. It sucks for Lorcan and, uh, and Birch, uh, with Birch having a separated shoulder, and he's going to be out for quite some time. But these are three teams that are well-qualified to be part of this matchup. They deserve to be in this Tag Team Championship match, and I expect all three teams to show up and show the mm-hmm. fuck out for this title match. There is no way you can tell me otherwise. This is going to be a great matchup. I don't even know who's going to win this matchup, honestly. This is this is gonna, this is one of those toss-up uh, matchups that you can really look at it and just be like, yeah, each team, whoever wins this, deserves to be the tag team champions. We will. This will be a solid matchup that will really, I think, to mm-hmm. quote, to take a from Takeover, they will stand, they will deliver, they may over deliver, and they will do a damn good job in making sure the tag team division is still looking crispy. A matchup that a lot of people are looking forward to, myself included, of course, the United Kingdom Championship is on the line as Volter. The ring general himself takes on Tommaso Ciampa. If you've never seen Volter complete compete, this is your night to watch this man. He is going to be chopping the living daylights out of Tommaso Ciampa, but do not discount Ciampa for one second. If we get the Psycho Killer of old, if we get the Blackheart of old, Boy, oh boy, is it going to be a wild-ass title match. This is going to be a banger, a straight-up banger, an absolute banger. You're going to see hard hitting across the board. They are not going to let up, relent for one second. You blink, you miss something. Then again, if you just if you just close your eyes and listen to a Walter Chop, it is going to hurt your soul as much as it will, Champa. This is going to be one hell of a match. This is one of the more anticipated matches. On the card for Stand and Deliver for both nights, it is going to be insane. I expect this to be a crazy matchup. I do expect Volta to retain, given the fact that he will be facing Rampage Brown um, later on in the week. And I believe it's going to be later on in the week. If not, please do let me know. If not, Jermaine Lang, uh, one of our very humble patrons, will let me know immediately in our Patreon group chat. And of course, the main event for night one. Io Shirai putting her NXT Women's Championship on the line against Raquel Gonzalez. As I said earlier in this week's podcast, this has been one of the most kick-ass builds to a women's title match since Shayna Baszler, Rhea Ripley. I expect this to be one hell of a matchup. Io Shirai, 300-plus days as our women's champion going up against who I feel is has been one of the better uh, talents that NXT has built up as of late. Remember, keep in mind, she actually was the reason Team Candice LeRae won War Games as she pinned Io Shirai in that matchup. The build for this has been spectacular. Wednesday night really tied up that loose end very properly, as I spoke about in the early in the last segment. I expect this to be a hell of a matchup. I don't know who's going to win this. It, it's a it's a definite toss-up for me. I could see Raquel becoming the new women's champion. I could see Io taking it. Who knows? But this is a very anticipated matchup. They made it the main event for a reason. Okay? This is not just no ticky-tacky women's title match. This ain't no BS nonsense. We're coming full send with this. They're, they made this the main event, and they're going to make us happy with this one. 
This could be honorable mention of the year worthy. Honestly, they really could make this honorable mention of the year worthy, okay? There's no two ways about it. I expect a fantastic matchup between these two. I can't wait to see what it is. I can't wait to see how it goes down. It's going to be a wild, wild matchup. We'll see how that goes. Now, again, it's just night one versus AEW Dynamite. We already know the rest of the card for night two. Devlin Escobar, uh, Gargano facing the winner of the Gauntlet Eliminator. O'Reilly versus Cole in an unsanctioned match. Balor versus Cross for the NXT Championship. Moon versus Blackheart against The Way for the Women's Tag Team Championship. That we're going to set aside, and we're just going to enjoy that on Thursday. But we're strictly going to keep it night one of Sand and Deliver versus AEW Dynamite, and we'll see how all of that pans out. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude Episode 7 of the last week this week. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for Episode 300 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. That's going to be it for episode seven of last week. This week, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or comments, if you believe NXT actually took the week this week, hit me up with an email. If you believe AEW Dynamite was the right choice to make for Mr. Wild P himself, hit me up with an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. Also, if you want to find me on my social media, I am pretty much not everywhere, but and enough places to know I fit the bill. You can find me over on Twitter at YL Perspective. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. SmackDown Live every Friday. Unless I have a prior obligation to attend to, in which I will let you guys know prior to the show that I will not be live tweeting all that good stuff. I also do live tweeting for every AEW live pay-per-view, every WWE live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver specials, which is going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass for me, considering AEW Dynamite and NXT TakeOver are going to be on the same night for this one. We'll see how everything goes. I'll keep you guys posted on the Twitter side of things. And of course, if I'm up at 3.30 in the morning, I got the better to do. I do live tweeting for NJPW as well. If you want to find me over on the Instagram side of things, I can be found there at young underscore lions underscore perspective updates on shows. You can slide in my DMs and ask me any question you feel like. I'm trying to get back into the Instagram story deal. So, it's been a while. So, we'll get back into the swing of things with that. Memes, if you got any, send them to me. Let me know what you're thinking. All that good stuff. Let's create that dialogue. And let's enjoy the wonderful things of Instagram. If you also want to find me over on Facebook, lucky for you, all my Instagram posts go over to Facebook. And I can be found there at Young Lions Perspective, all one word. Simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page, and make damn sure that you follow the page. You have our followers over there on that Facebook page. I want to thank you guys so much for your continued love and support. Follow me on all these platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with me. YLP podcast, of course, and with last week, this week. And make sure you head your butt over to writtenwar.wordpress.com for all the articles of war stuff. As I said earlier in today's episode, the cure for the comic wrestling blog. And of course, with everything that's going on with the world, we here at WrestleEd Radio strive to do our very best to bring you top notch quality entertainment every single week with the 
YLB Podcast, the Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Fetzelmania Podcast, and don't you forget about it. Dare forget about the Delight Show with Man's Chapel. It's this Wednesday. Shh, don't tell Man's. Don't tell Man's. Shh. He knows, but we know too. Just keep it between us. Anyway, we are Resolated Radio, described to be that elite one, that top notch, that cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. Undisputed, undoubtedly, then, now, and forever, the alternative. Professional Wrestling Podcast, and just as a reminder that we are here to stay. Now, of course, as you know, most of y'all know, your grandmama probably knows too. Not only do we have our podcast over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, anchor.fm slash young lions perspective, anchor.fm slash wrestle addict radio, and, and of course, Amazon Music, Audible. We can be found across many different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Player FM, and as always, shout out to the Podbean gang, Castbox FM, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the entire family of Wrestle Addict Radio Podcast, and you should have no problem finding us whatsoever. I'm going to look over to the judges to ensure I fulfill my obligations and duties for the day. And we're going to look over to the country of Sri Lanka to ensure we have done that. And I believe I am getting the thumbs up while they're playing a game of high lie. And that ball going too fast for my taste. So this is how we're going to break it down. This Friday, April 9th, 2021, is a banner day for yours truly. A very, very banner day for Mr. YLP himself. Because this coming Friday, we present to you, Mr. YLP himself's 300th episode of the YLP podcast. Like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, prior to, I figured it would be, there is no better time than the beginning of WrestleMania weekend for Mr. YLP himself's episode 300. And he is not coming to this party Alone, I promise you that there are two very special guests that he has asked to join him on this wonderful day. It is going to be a very banner day. I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to let you just guess for yourself. If you can guess it, though, give yourself a pat on the back if you can do so. But yes, there will be two special guests coming along for this ride. And we will be, of course, talking about WrestleMania 37 because, well, that's how we get down. There will be no news of the week this coming week. There will be some news. Of course, we're going to be talking about some things. But a very special occasion deserves two very special guests to join him on this excursion. I am quite excited for episode 300, and I'm quite excited for you to be able to listen to this. And I am going to break a little bit of the fourth wall. This episode will not only be on, of course, all of these platforms that we have going on, Amazon Music, Audible, all that good stuff. This episode will also be placed on youtube.com slash Radio. This is a big deal. We want to make it as grand as possible, and I promise you, this is going to be a fun one. Okay, I am very, 
very excited to give you guys episode 300. I want to thank you guys, of course, so, so much for everyone that's been rocking with your boy since day one back on July 18th, 2018. It has been a wonderful two plus year journey to get to this point um, with, you know, the beginnings of the YLP podcast, being a part of the workhorse era when I was doing three shows a week. And now we are literally on the precipice. We are four days away from episode three. Hundred. What a beautiful time to be alive. You get to be enjoying the 300th episode. Spectacular. It is going to be a fun episode. I'm so happy to be at this point where I can say I am at episode 300. So make sure you get prepared. You bring your popcorn. You bring your drinks. You bring your friends. Sit down. Enjoy it. Like we're going to watch, you know, enjoy WrestleMania 37 this coming weekend. It is a day that we will never forget. I promise you that. Keep an eye out for it. It's going to be a good one. Episode 300 comes your way this Friday. Get ready. You know I will be. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your Monday. Of course, the go-home show for Raw is tonight. They're supposed to announce two matches on the WrestleMania card, which makes no damn sense to me, but hey, I just talk about it and talk shit at its finest. As I always do say, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't destroy your uh, brain. And I hope you keep your sanity while watching the three-hour fest that is Monday Night Raw. If not, enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And I'll see you guys right here this Friday for episode 300 of the YLP Podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.